Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, September 18th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. We got duped, Bless. How'd we, we get duped? We got duped pretty badly, let me tell you. Oh no, what happened? We had some breaking news coming in for us to talk about. Turns out it was all fake news. Oh, it's no. not real. It's oh, not no. real at all. I'm going to leave it there for us to talk about, though. For all a right. Sec. But we'll anyways, get there when we get there I'm because What's I'm, ve- <laughs> I'm very curious on, on what your take on this is. Uh, but before we get there, Tim, I want to let you know, man, I am tired. I've had very little sleep this week. And you know why? Among Us. I've been playing that Among oh, Us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty much every single night. And I feel bad for Michael, my roommate, because legit nights ended me just yelling at like 11 p.m. Just that that Yusef is the killer when really mm-hmm. I'm the killer. It's been one of those things where I've been playing this game nonstop and I'm obsessed. And I jokingly tweeted last week that, oh, man, Among Us might be my game of the year. But the more and more I play this game, the more and more more I'm like, man, this is actually some of the most fun I've had playing a game this year. This is such a dope year for games, man. Me and Gary were talking about it a couple weeks ago where it's like, how can Fall Guys be as fun and good as it is? And it's in the game of the year conversation, but it's like, but then you think about it, you're like, oh, well, there's Final Fantasy VII and there's, you know, uh, Last of Us Last 2 and there's, we got Cyberpunk coming up and there's just kind of a little Animal Crossing for the people that love that. It's like, yeah, damn, man, this year is going to be looked back with some reverence. We're not going to look back and think about the delays. We're not going to think back at like how ridiculous the Summer Game Fest thing was. No, we're going to remember like, damn. There was some banger game release. Oh yeah, like honestly, if this was a, a more normal year, I think we would be comparing this year to some to one of the greater years in video games of the last decade. Because you mentioned it, right? We got Last of Us Part Two, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake, we got Animal Crossing, we got Doom Eternal. We're getting Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Miles Morales. Me, Miles Morales. Like it is a comparable year to even something like twenty eighteen, where we got Spider Man, God of War, and Red Dead. I would say mm-hmm. like totally. this year has been amazing for video games. It's just been a, it's just also been such a weird year in general but with that too, i mean of course all that stuff yeah but, but it, it's cool to me that like there's a unique thing kind of happening where old games can be new where okay we have things like fall guys that are obviously brand new they've been in development new, new, a long yeah. time but they're new new but things like among us that are old, old games new. that are just now new to so many people like I, I bet the player base for that game is what a hundred times plus what it was before, oh, like maybe like definitely thousand times. Like I don't, I'm not good at math. I don't, I don't yeah. know the, the many, many times exponentially. I'm going to say that. I feel like that'll work. But um, I love that that because of things like Twitch and things just like social media, games that came out two years ago can all of a sudden come out and it's as if they're brand new, yeah. and 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 then be in a conversation with games like Last of Us and Animal Crossing and Fall. It's Video games are cool, man. They're cool. Let's talk a little bit more about video games because today's stories include Michelle and Cell leaving Ubisoft, PlayStation not going after Game Pass, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping tomorrow 
Greg streaming Avengers from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific time for Spawn for Good. Uh, this is Spawn on Me's No Voter Left Behind 2020 campaign benefiting vote riders. The goal is to raise awareness around voter ID laws and uh, voter suppression uh, on the weekend before National Voter Registration Day. So you can catch that on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. And hey, why not go register to vote? You can go to gamers.vote to learn how. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Muhammad Muhammad, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Quip, Upstart, and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Starting with our number one. Breaking news that I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the ball to Tim Gettys. Yeah. Tim Gettys, because he's the one that broke it to me. So so here's what happened. Uh, we have a Slack channel for Kind of Funny Games Daily where uh, everybody on the team kind of throws in news that they think is important to like to be talked about. Uh, and then whoever's running the show, like Bless, will be the one to kind of curate it all. In the last moments leading up to going live, Greg Miller put this into the Slack channel. Uh, it was a tweet from what seems to be Insomniac Games, uh, but it is not. This has been proven false immediately, uh, so thank you to, to Barrett for seeing that it was fake and responding to us so we don't sound like complete idiots. But uh, Insomniac Games was spelled slightly – it's insom- uh, Insomniac yeah. Games, and uh, we got go. duped, but whatever. We got we figured it out here, but they did report. Uh, we hear your concerns. PS4 owners will get a free upgrade of Marvel Spider-Man Remaster on PS5, which would have been an extremely big deal, an extremely good talking point here. Um, and you know, I'm bummed that we don't get to talk about that news because that would have been exciting. It when I saw this, I was a little puzzled because that doesn't seem to make sense with uh, the business model that they're presenting with Miles Morales uh, across PS4 and PS5 uh, with the Ultimate Edition costing as much as it does, seemingly because it also includes the remastered version of Spider-Man. Um, but, man, it's it just there's another talking point between the PS5 and Xbox Series X S conversation of, like, what does a generation truly mean and, and what is it going to mean for us uh, yeah. in the, the coming months? But, yeah, so anyways, it also, it's an it also, odd story. <laughs> it also speaks to, like, the the conversation of what is the value of a remaster, especially going into this next gen because previous gens way more so than this transition we're about to make. I feel like the line was a lot clearer. Like you can make the argument for a PS2 to PS3 remaster, right? Like, okay, yeah, you are, you're putting something into HD. Sweet. Clear cut. I understand why this remaster. I understand why this is worth my money. PS3 to PS4. Even I feel like there was, there was more argument there for why a remaster should exist going into the PS4 generation. Like, I, I, I feel like some of it was very transparent of, you know, I'm trying to make money off this thing again, but I guess it does look better than the PS3, and so whatever, we'll let it slide. I'm curious on what this means for uh, Spider-Man PS4, right? Like, what does, what, does it, what does Spider-Man remastered look like on PS5? Especially given the case that we know backwards compatibility exists, we know boosting exists as a feature, Mm-hmm. What are you doing to PS5's version of Spider-Man 2018 that's going to make it different? I mean, I disagree with you in the the sense of this being lesser than from last gen. PS2 to PS3, we get it. You're turning HD. Yeah. You weren't HD, now you're HD. From PS3 to PS4, it was like frame rate improvements, resolution bumps, that type of thing. And I think that with this gen, it's the same thing. It's going to be like frame rate bumps. Like, the resolution's going to be nicer. 
ray tracing, adding those type of things. So I'm interested it's, with this Spider-Man Remastered yeah. if the ray tracing and all that stuff's going to be uh, in the core Spider-Man game, which you imagine it will. I don't know about all the extra pedestrians and extra cars and all that stuff um, that they were talking about Miles Morales having. Um, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised. Like It depends on how different the New York is. Yeah. We'll have to keep our eyes peeled for exactly what this means because I'm actually very curious. Like I'm, I have, I have somewhat of a seed of doubt in my heart when it comes to, all right, are these, are these remasters going to be truly worth it? And maybe that just comes down to, I, for one, I don't have a 4K TV. I'm rocking with a base PS4, and I'm very much like, I'm, I've not hit that 4K uh, magic. You know, like I'm not, I've not, I'm not experienced 4K in a world where I'm like. Oh it's yeah, magic. this is gonna change the world. Bless, it's magic. You need to come over. I need to just sit you down and show you what you're missing out on, man. On that. I, I mean, I can't wait. I plan to get a 4K TV to go along with, with my PS5. I I plan to make that jump, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel about it. But a quick question, not to go on too much of a tangent uh, mm-hmm. for this story. That's not even a fucking story. But like you're saying that you don't know what remasters are going to add. Do you expect many remasters on PS5? Because I don't. I think that this is more of a unique case because Miles Morales is a launch title and it's not a full game. And yeah, it I is mean, a full game, but it's not, you know what I mean? This feels like them adding value to Miles Morales, you know, in order, in order to to sell those uh, ultimate editions or whatever they're called. I don't think we'll necessarily get remasters in the same sense that we got from PS3 to PS4, but I think devs will still want to find ways in order to monetize their previous games. And I'm I'm more so curious than anything how that looks like because it, it feels like there's a battle going on between uh, folks like Microsoft who do have smart delivery and do have systems in place for developers to make that transition smoothly in a way that is uh, beneficial to the consumer. But then big companies still wanting to make money, still going, hey, how do we how do we do this? And so you look at Control Ultimate Edition as an example, and it's like, all right, yeah, I guess that's how you do it, right? Like make an edition that is for next gen that is based on the ultimate edition that is you know the the um uh the thing there that is going to sell you is the fact that you're getting all the dlc and also there's a free upgrade path there to have what ray tracing and probably a few other minor features that are going to play into the next gen version i i feel like the more the the uh as we're making this transition to next gen it is it feels like publishers trying to find any reason possible to sell you on a next gen version, and that's kind of fading away. And so, to answer your question, no, I, I think we're going to see less remasters uh, this time around than last time around. And the and I, I think what we will see is some bullshit, <laughs> like when it comes to <laughs> when, it, when it comes to how publishers try to sell you sell you on a quote unquote remaster. Yeah, interesting. We shall see. Uh, story number two, though. Beyond Good and Evil 2 and Wild are still in production after their director's departure. This is from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. Michelle Ancel, creator of Rayman and Beyond Good and Evil, has said he's leaving the world of video games to open a wildlife sanctuary, but assured fans that work on Wild and Beyond Good, Beyond Good and Evil 2 will continue without him. Before I even continue, Tim, you remember Wild? <laughs> I mean, I, I, do, I remember it as much as anyone can where it's like every couple of years some concept art comes out for it it's like hey exactly. this, is, this is a thing i find it strange that this is coming up but we're going to circle back around uh, around to that and talk about that posting on instagram the director wrote quote today is a very special day for me after more than 30 years i've decided to stop working on video games and fully focus on my second passion wildlife 
My new project takes place in the real world and consists in a wildlife open sanctuary dedicated to education, education, nature lovers, and dot, 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 wild animals, end quote. Addressing his currently ongoing projects, Incel reassured fans, quote, many of you might not, many, many of you might want to know what will happen to wild and beyond good and evil too. No worries, since many months now, the teams are autonomous and the projects are going super well. Beautiful things to be seen soon, end quote. A Ubisoft press release also pays tribute to the director, quote, Today, Ubisoft announces that Michelle Ancel has chosen to leave the video game industry after an exceptional career spanning more than 30 years. A nature lover, Michelle has, has been working on a personal project dedicated to the protection of wildlife for a long time. This project, a wildlife sanctuary in the region of Montpellier, France, is now growing in scope, and he wishes to put his full effort into his long-standing passion. The fuck up. Hold the fuck up. How the hell did Blessing just come in here and nail that? Bro, nailed the Dude, shit I took a lot of, of French classes, man. Yeah, I took like 10 years of French classes. never shown any proficiency in it. Like, you've had that was, time. I mean, I don't speak French, but like, I know. No, I know, but I you hit French all words. the right syllables at the right moments, you know? I am utterly shocked. I'm in disbelief Messy. at what I just witnessed. Michelle is at the origin of some of Ubisoft and the video game industry's most beloved franchises, including Rayman, The Raving Rabbids, and Beyond Good and Evil, whose second opus, Beyond Good and Evil 2, is currently in development. The teams at Ubisoft Montpellier are currently focusing on the main stages of production aligned with the vision set out Did by it again. Michelle. Now he's just showing up. <laughs> That's how you, you know pronounce I mean? it. <laughs> That's how you say it, Montpellier. Uh, they will have more to, sh- more to share with their communities uh, and fans in the months to come. We would like to thank Michelle for the incredible creative vision he has brought to Ubisoft over the course of his career and wish him th- all the best for his new venture. End quote. Tim, mm-hmm. there's a, I, I feel like there's a lot in here that we could dig into, but I do want to know like your top-level thoughts on this. Uh, I mean, it's everything about this is, is weird and <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Cool. You're going to go leave for wildlife. All right. I mean, look, here's the thing. Ubisoft has had so much shit going on recently that someone leaving from Ubisoft, my first gut reaction is, oh, no, what did you do? Like, what did you do? And this seems like it's not that at all. It's like, I want to go play with some kitties, which is like, that's dope. Well, (laughs) you you guys, let's let's not have fun with that in any way. Not at Uh, all. I, I just uh, looked up his Wikipedia uh, for games that he's worked on. And yeah, I mean, his, what's, gameography? Is that what it'd be? Discography, I mean, filmography, gameography? Gameography sounds good. Yeah, we're making, we're making it, it now. There. Gameography uh, includes some, like, heavy hitters. That, like, he is directly involved, or, like, up to the original Rayman of lead designer and original concept. And then he was the director on Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, which are two of my favorite games of the last 10 years. Um, and then obviously Beyond Good and Evil. So it's like a lot of my favorite Ubisoft games, this dude had a lot to do with. So it's kind of kind of a bummer to see him go. Uh, having said that, it's like, I, I don't know about Beyond Good and Evil 2, and I especially don't know about Wild. And they're saying that those things are still happening. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm going to be shocked if Beyond Good and Evil 2 ends up being two things, either good or good and a good Beyond Good and Evil game. Because everything we've seen of it, it doesn't look anything like Beyond Good and Evil, the original, which was a very kind of small Zelda-like game with a lot of character. And everything Beyond Good and Evil 2 looks like is a crazy, epic multiplayer. Like, 
online thing and it's like well it, that, yeah that's it seems very bad. ethereal right because what we've seen has basically been like you know the we've seen the bones of it they've not necessarily shown us like a gameplay demo or like a breakdown of what the gameplay loop looks like everything we've seen has been hey we're making this game and we're showing it to you at the same time we're green lighting it probably and so here's some wireframes here's a thing where we bring out joseph gordon levitt and he'll ask you guys to help make the game for us and it's a it's been a bunch of weird ethereal stuff in terms of what Beyond Good and Evil 2 is. Uh, I got a question here from my, my dog, Nick96, who writes in and says, Morning Blessing and Tim, with with Ansel leaving the video games industry, what do you think this means for the projects he was involved with? Do you think this means uh, the development for Beyond Good and Evil 2 and Wild might speed up? Do you think there's a chance of one of the projects being dropped? Lastly, when will we see a new Rayman? Thanks for all the amazing content over this past week and have a great weekend. My dog, Nick96. And a lot of good questions there. A lot of good questions, and honestly, like, you know, I, I want to go to Wild first, because Wild is the one that I'm actually surprised they evoked in the in the write-up, right? I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Michelle came out and was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're still working on Wild, because I don't, I think we've all kind of assumed that that is vaporware at this point, that that thing just started development, got internally canceled or whatever, and just st- stopped existing, or it's in some kind of development hell. The fact that they haven't talked about it in what feels like forever, I feel like, speaks to uh what's going on with it and so him coming out and mentioning it and then the ubisoft uh press release coming out and uh i'm looking through it now trying to see if they mentioned it in the press release because maybe it was just michelle who mentioned it by the way it being mentioned period is wild um but for what that game is and i i wouldn't be surprised if michelle and cell leaving is the thing that that finally makes them go all right, cool. We're we're canceling this thing because obviously this man has a passion that involves oh, yeah. wildlife and animals, totally. and totally. that very much seems that makes it seem like wild must have been his passion project, you know. And so, like, if that's the case, and he's leaving, is there somebody there who's like, oh yes, wild is the thing that I want to direct and lead the charge on, and 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 actually, uh, uh, you know, lead to release when. Excitement for Wild seems to have dissipated. I've not met one person that's like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the hell out of Wild, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you that I think Wild uh, will not ever end up being released. I think that when you look at Ubisoft, they are definitely one of the biggest publishers in the world with the most development teams, and they're flexing that, and they're flexing that hard. Like, very few, if any, uh, have that vast of a library of games that are being released at the clip that they are. Like when you look at it's like at Yubi, how many annualized games do they have at this point? It's kind of ridiculous, or at least semi-annual, biannual, yeah. right? Like a ton. How many one-off games do they have? Big, small. It's like they kind of have a breadth of everything there. And Wild seems like a bigger project, and specifically with like uh, Gods and Monsters or whatever it's called now, Mortal Phoenix, Phoenix Immortal, Immortal Phoenix Rising, Immortal Phoenix Rising. Uh, with those type of new IPs, in addition to their barrage of ridiculous lineup they got coming up with Far Cry, Watch Dogs, and Assassin's Creed almost month after month coming out. I just don't know how many resources are going to be there for you know a new IP of that type of ilk. Um, specifically when we're seeing things like Riders Republic that are taking other new IP that they had and re- remixing and reforming it in the form of Steep, uh, which was not a major success and trying to like give it a second chance. I can see Wild getting cut pretty easily. Beyond Good and Evil 2, that's the one to me where I'm like, is that even a game? And on top of that, when you look at it compared to its brethren of, of other similar games, 
Last Guardian is out. Death Stranding is out. Final Fantasy VII Remake is out. Last of Us Part Two is out. Beyond Good and Evil 2 doesn't feel like it exists. And like they were, those were all the same conversation, right? So it's like, I don't know. Will it ever come out? The PS5 is coming out this year. <laughs> I mean, is I believe. I believe they're working on it. And like Beyond Good Evil 2 is a weird one because it it feels like The Last Guardian, but it wasn't necessarily announced forever ago. Like it was announced what two, three years ago? And granted, I like mean, we've not seen much from it. Technically it was announced in 2008. Okay. Fair. But like fair. that was a different game. But that yeah. looked like a more actual Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, but yeah, our first yeah, glimpse this- at it. This current of iteration ago. of it was was a few years ago, which I still is still in the realm of okay, yeah, you could you could still be working on it. I don't necessarily think that Michelle Ancel's departure means uh, much as far as whether that game comes out or not. Like I I do believe uh, when they say that yeah, as Michelle was leaving, like they were already in a place where they were autonomously working on these projects. Like I believe them when they say that, especially about Beyond Good and Evil Two, because I don't think I don't think. Michelle leaving is the thing that tanks that game, though I, I, I could I could very well be, be wrong. Um, you mentioned you mentioned at the top of this conversation that Michelle Ancel has this huge legacy in video games. He has this huge legacy at Ubisoft. He's behind he's behind uh, some of their biggest franchises, such as Rayman and Beyond Good and Evil Two, or Beyond Good and Evil. Period. When you take that into consideration, I think his departure makes sense. Like he's been in the game for a while, and like at a certain point, you got to leave the game. You know that happens that happens for everybody. Uh, you know, Reggie left the game. Pretty, like pretty much everybody is going to leave the game at a certain point, and mm-hmm. so in that essence, it's not that strange. And when you keep that in mind, you imagine that Michelle's been thinking about this for a while, and with that being the case, they're talking about this and they're making sure that transition goes smoothly. Like that's how these things usually work, unless it's something that happens all of a sudden. And so, I expect Beyond Good and Evil Two to still come out in that sense, even though just in the sense that the way in which they show that game is still weird. And so who knows? Um, But the thing that really stuck out to me, and this is from the Ubisoft write-up that they did, they mentioned talking about their uh, Montpellier studio, right? They're saying that they said that they're currently focusing on the main stages of production aligned with the vision set out by Michelle. They'll have more to share with the community of fans in the months to come. In the months to come. That's very specific, especially in the context of Ubisoft forward happening. True, but they always do this. Beyond Good and Evil is a game. It's out of all the games I named earlier, uh the Death Strandings and all those things. Death Stranding was like you knew we were going to probably get some type of actor announcement or some weird tidbit at the big things like Game Awards or E3, right? We could look forward to that. Beyond Good and Evil, hell no. Everything's out the window. They've consistently talked about this game in random Ubisoft live streams for the last 3,004 years. It just ca- like, it's just, oh, it's a Wednesday. Guess what? There's more monkeys now. And they're like, look at the monkeys. <laughs> look at all the art of the monkeys. And it's like, the monkeys are in space like, now. There's like a fucking 56 minute <laughs> live stream uh, of people like, like looking at concept art and talking about it. It's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, they're talking about Beyond Good and Evil 2. This is so random. And I feel like that just keeps happening. And, it, and they'll always be like, yeah, coming up, there'll be more. So it's like them saying the coming months doesn't necessarily surprise me. But mm-hmm. you're right to bring up Ubisoft Forward. They now have a format that can kind of give those things a, a bit more of a home that makes a bit more sense. Um, and, you know, at some point, they're going to talk about this game again. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, 
that would be in the, coming up in a in a forward. But how far is this game? I don't know. It, I mean, that's the big question when we're talking about forward. Forward feels like it's very much been focused on games that are somewhat imminent. Like with Ubisoft having such a busy fall into winter into early next year, forward feels designed entirely around that, managing that information, making sure the flow of information feels clean and nice and organized for that. And so we didn't, it, at the second Ubisoft forward that we just got, we didn't get information about Far Cry 6 because that's being saved for probably forward number three or four happening within next month or or early next year, right? Like that feels like organized information. And I don't know if Beyond Good and Evil 2 necessarily makes complete sense to include in a forward when they've been so focused on the imminent that mm-hmm. said like who knows what the future of forward is what we'll to look forward to it story number three playstation isn't going after xbox game pass is from jordan allman at ign sony has said that the company doesn't plan to bring its new first party games to a game pass like subscription service because it wouldn't be quote sustainable Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan broke the news in an interview with GamesIndustry.biz. The interview noted the surprising reveal of the PlayStation Plus collection during the PS5 conference, which will, be, which will bring a library of the PS4's best games to the console, available to PlayStation Plus subscribers for free. In light of this news, Ryan was asked whether PlayStation might follow Microsoft's lead in bringing all of its future first-party games to a subscription service upon the day of release. Quote, For us, having a catalog of games is not something that defines a platform. Our pitch, as you've heard, is new games, great games. Uh, We've had this conversation before. We're not going to to go down the road uh, of putting newly released titles into a subscription model. These games cost many millions of dollars, well over $100 million to develop. We just don't see that as sustainable, end quote. Ryan added that Sony, Sony's ambition is to make bigger and better and hopefully at some stage more persistent. Uh, a day one first party subscription model like Game Pass wouldn't suit that ambition for PlayStation. Quote, we need to expand and grow our existing ecosystem and putting new games into a subscription model just doesn't sit with that. Tim, I think that makes sense to us. We've kind of talked about this yeah. a little bit. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't think anybody here expected that for a PlayStation to play any of the first party games on a subscription service day no. one like Xbox no one, Game Pass. No one would have expected Xbox to do it. It's insane. Like yeah. Xbox doing that, like I always bring this up i will never forget the day that it was games daily and it was me and andrea when they announced this and i had to reread the paragraph over and over to make sure i was understanding correctly that they're telling me that from now till the end of time every first party xbox title is going to be day and date on game pass it's like that might have been the biggest industry game changer we've ever seen of announcement news-wise where it's like excuse me what and to see them just kind of build that out and like to grow and have the ea side of things and like just everything that they've done with games pass we don't or game pass i don't need to reiterate to you guys you understand it's insane and it would never make sense for playstation based on oh. their business model and how they sell their games and the quality of their games and all that stuff um so many funny things to discuss here one of them being jim ryan saying our pitch as you've heard is new games great games i thought the never pitch heard- was i thought the pitch was <laughs> generations matter <laughs> like yeah well never can, heard that pitch you can't just once. change your 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 low your motto <laughs> like <laughs> just to just to fit with whatever statement you're trying to make i, I kind of enjoy that um but this, this whole thing's really really interesting where it's like i just don't expect i never expected playstation to try to rival rival uh game pass or the services that xbox are offering and that's why when the playstation plus collective collection thing was announced i was like so stoked on it where i was like this is this came out of nowhere i expected nothing and they're actually giving what i think is the best case scenario for 
PlayStation owners uh, of a collection of amazing games. And I'm getting a lot of shit for my reaction in the uh, the PS5 reveal thing where this was revealed because I said, like, this is, in- this is insane. And it's just like when you compare this to what Game Pass has currently, it's an insane offering. And, like, I'm not talking about what Game Pass is going to have. I'm literally just talking about Game Pass doesn't have God of War. It doesn't have Last of Us. It doesn't have all the other games that are in this Bloodborne. It's like there's a level of quality there that and, and Game Pass has so many amazing mm. things. Like Game Pass, we've talked about it. It is an amazing valley. Both of these things can be dope as fuck. And they are. So let's just be happy about that. But it's like this collection is utterly insane. And I think that there was a, a very privileged and selfish take that a lot of people are having of like, yeah, but everyone, th- these games are already free on PS Plus. Or I already have uh, these, all PlayStation owners already have these games and own these games. That's simply not true. Like, there are 100-plus million PlayStation 4s in the wild. At best, one of these games sold, what, 20 million copies? Look at the attack rate. For sure, yeah. Right? It's like, there are 80 million people, at least, that have not played these games that now can, if they're for free, if they haven't owned them before. It's just like, there's something there that's, like, awesome, super awesome, that is just a bonus, a nice thing that they have on top of it. Uh, But it is clear to read between the lines between what Jim Ryan's saying here that they're saying, oh yeah, we're not trying to compete with that. It's like, well, you clearly are <laughs> by adding this. You're clearly it, trying to have something to give people, uh, you know, points to talk about. Yes. And, th- and I, for me, that's kind of where this conversation comes back to is they're trying to have something. And, you know, I, I, I when they made the announcement of PlayStation, PlayStation Plus collection, I kind of had the struggle of, all right, like who, who is this for? And it is for the people you mentioned, right? Like, 80 million people haven't played these games. If we're, if, we're, if we're taking into consideration that the best-selling game here probably sold, what, 20 million? Then, yeah, like, this, this is going to be for, some, for, for uh, somebody. People are going to benefit off of this. But, yeah, posed against Xbox Game Pass, I, I, I struggle with the idea that PlayStation can't have something like that. And I know people are yelling at their, their computers right now being like, PlayStation Now is that. But PlayStation Now just doesn't stand up when you look at what Xbox Game Pass has, what it is, and what it's growing to be, especially when you look at the first-party stuff. Like, I don't expect PlayStation to put first-party on there. I think that is, like, a step too far for what PlayStation strategy is. And Jim Ryan Jim Ryan mentions it in his quote here, right? Quote, for us, having a catalog of games is not something that defines a platform. Our pitch, as you've heard it, is new games, great games. Which, again, first time I'm hearing that pitch, I don't, I don't dispute it. Like, I love new games and great games. <laughs> And so <laughs> say what you say, Jim Ryan. I'm here but for dude, you. But, but bless, that's the thing that, that blows my mind here is I feel like both Xbox and PlayStation in all, in so much of their marketing, whether it's social media or otherwise, and look, I have nothing against this because I'm all about rap beef, but they keep saying, <laughs> hey, we ain't trying to compete. This is the different we, – we, it ain't about that. We're not trying to compete with Game Pass. We're not trying to uh, do what PlayStation's doing. I'll, they keep saying that stuff, but then they keep having messages that sound like you are. <laughs> it sounds like oh, yeah. you are well, trying to compete with that, all of them this. Them saying having a catalog of games is not something that defines a platform. That is indirect – like he is talking about Xbox Game Pass. Because yep. Xbox Game Pass is the thing that is defining Xbox right now. And in my opinion, I think it is defining Xbox in a great way and a, a wonderful way that, way. Yeah, that is really driving the point home of why you want to be a part of that ecosystem. Uh, and so, like, in this quote, honestly, like, I pretty much directly disagree with Jim Ryan as far as having a catalog of games is not, some, is not something that defines a platform. I, I mean, I think what he means there is that it's not something that defines our, plaf- our platform or something that we see as 
can defining our platform. And but I, I think don't that fucking is, believe it. I don't fucking I, believe it based on them having this PlayStation Plus collection, which is literally mm-hmm. them saying, hey, our past matters and our collection of games do matter. And we want you to be able to play them on our shit. Exactly. Like it in that's 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 where I, I that's where I don't know how to like take this information because obviously PlayStation Plus collection is posed as let, let me let me go back to the idea of Xbox Game Pass and what that means for next gen, right? I think the the, the way I've been thinking about it over the last few years leading up to this next console, next console generation uh and like how it's kind of defined us going into the next next console generation, right? You buy an Xbox Series S or an Xbox Series X, you have a crazy amount of games at your disposal already. That has been such a great, uh, uh, you know, benefit for the Xbox side of things. The argument for Xbox: why you want to be with Xbox? Why you want to? Why you want to buy an Xbox? That's the thing that's kind of been missing from the PlayStation side of things. And so, PlayStation Plus Collection feels like a direct answer to that. Oh, okay, you can get an Xbox and have this great library of games. Hey, let's pull things together. Let's see what we can do with our first party. Let's make it so that we have a similar argument. That is exactly what PlayStation Plus Collection is. You come into you come into the PS5 ecosystem, you get PlayStation Plus, you now have access to all the best PS4 games, which is an amazing deal, but isn't necessarily a direct competitor competitor to to uh, to Game Pass. You do have PS Now though, which is also serv- serving as that kind of thing, but you're not treating it as something that can compete like you're not competing it as like a central chess piece to your whole chessboard of playstation right and so like i don't know i i I understand why jim ryan and playstation are like we don't necessarily want to have that being the defining factor of our platform and i think what that comes down to (laughs) exactly that what that comes down to is they can't compete on the level of xbox game pass because they don't want to put their first party stuff there which i think makes sense but I don't know. I feel like I feel like they could have something. Like I feel like they I feel like they could have bundled PlayStation Plus and PS Now in a way where it's like, all right, yeah, PlayStation Now slash PS Plus, whatever that becomes, can be. You are downloading your games. You are, and I know PlayStation Now has that, but you're downloading your games. We are expanding the library. We are partnering with indie studios. We are partnering with third parties. We are making that library bigger, better, and greater. We are cutting deals and we're making it competitive and consumer friendly. But they're not. They they're not doing that. But I, I disagree, Bless. It's not that they can't. They shouldn't do that. Because if they did that, then they're inferior. This way, by not doing that, they're able to be like, look at what we're giving you. It's fucking awesome. It's on you if you think it's competing with that. We're not trying to compete with that. And it's clear the PlayStation Plus collection is a different thing than Game Pass that fulfills some of the same needs. And in those terms, beats Game Pass in terms of the mm-hmm. quality of games that they are offering that are exclusive to the platform. I'm not talking about Mortal Kombat 10. I'm talking about Uncharted 4. Yeah, Uncharted right? and Persona 5. Or, yeah, Persona 5 and yeah. Bloodborne. So they can win there. So they did that. The moment that they're adding PlayStation Now and trying to make deals, they're not going to be as good as Game Pass. So they're going to lose. Like, they don't, they don't want to do that. A, a great mm-hmm. man once said, that's why I fucked yo bitch, you fat motherfucker. And Ooh. that's all that Preach. this is. This Get is money. just... This is just the big guys, two of the biggest in the game, taking shots at each other back and forth, pretty much being like, fuck you. What I do is better than what you do. But at the end of the day, they're both doing the same thing. Story number four, Tim. 
Disintegration multiplayer shuts down after just six months. This is Steve Dent at Engadget. The developer behind Disintegration, the tactical shooter with transhuman characters, is ending the multiplayer mode that it launched earlier this year. In a blog post, V1 Interactive wrote that the multiplayer modes will be removed in phases starting today, with everything gone by November 17th. The single-player campaigns will remain, however, however, and the studio has no plans to remove those. Quote, while our player base showed interest in the single-player campaign, the game unfortunately struggled to build a significant audience necessary for compelling for a compelling multiplayer experience, end quote, according to the developer. V1 Interactive is a relatively small studio, and its integration already was, or already was already ambitious in terms of the look, themes, and gameplay. The multiplayer mode perhaps was a step too far, though the developer expressed no regrets, quote, we believe the video game industry needs constant innovation and will continue to take risks, follow creative visions, and support new ideas, end quote. It's a sad story there uh, because disintegration seemed cool, looked cool. It always sucks to see a game's multiplayer shut down, especially the same year. Prematurely, uh, yeah. Way, prema- way prematurely. Um, like even, whatchamacallit, Darren Project came out in January, and I don't think that the multiplayer for that is shutting down until uh, like later in the year. And so for disintegration to have such a short window the game came out in like june that's that's like six months of that multiplayer being up that's kind of a bummer um but it happens sad but it happens and then story number five uh, another holiday title bites the dust this time it's jet the far shore it's been delayed this comes from their blog quote Revealing Jet the Far Shore in June 2020 was an absolute thrill, and it's been a delight to uncloak after so long in stealth. The Jet Squad has been moved and motivated by the love, curiosity, and support directed our way. We're glad to report we've come a long way in a brief while, and that Jet is shaping up to be something pretty special. However, as of now, it seems we're in need of more time in order, to, in, in order for Jet to soar, and for the squad to complete this interstellar trip in good condition. Jet the Far Shore is now fixing to deploy in 2021 on PlayStation consoles and PC on the Epic Game Store. Hectic times, so we've revised our trajectory. It'll be stellar when it alights. Or when it alights. I never heard that word. Alights. It's a weird. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought I was gonna say aligns, but alights. We should look that up. I am. Uh, but yeah, alights. This one- Descend from a train, bus, or other form of transport. Descend from the air and settle. Okay, so because it's, it's a jet. Yeah, it's a jet. You know, and they and they be it flying in that game. They need they, they gotta land the ship someday. Yeah, they uh, had a Jared Petty like person working there. A Jared Petty like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this this is another one where makes sense given what this year is, and like I, I at this point, any launch title or any launch window game slipping doesn't feel like much of a big deal because I think we all kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Get the game out when it's ready. Totally. Tim, I'm really yeah. excited to see what Jet the Far Shore ends up being when it finally comes out, but that might be so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform and listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Kevin, you didn't sing yeah with me. Yeah. Thank God you, Kevin. Damn. Okay, I want to say two things. One, Kev, that might have been your worst yeah of all time. Two, bless, that was your best yeah of all time. There was a Thank vibrato you. on it that I appreciate to no extent. 
Thank you. Tim, I appreciate that's it. That's actually what I was going for because Bless was so good. I I knew I didn't have any competition. So, you know, you make your it. mark. Whatever mm-hmm. mark that has to be, make it. Sometimes it's a Best, smear worst. in a bathroom. You know what I mean? Wait. <laughs> Out today, we got the Blobs fight for Xbox One. <laughs> worst for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> WWE 2K Battle Rounds for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Kevin, what's wrong with you? <laughs> The Secret Order 8 Return of the uh, to the Buried Kingdom for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Tamiku for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle for Xbox One. Crisis Remastered for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Is that real? Is that true? Uh, Biped for Xbox One. Harvest Moon Light of Hope for Xbox One. Commandos 2 HD Remaster for PS4 and Xbox One. Geo Rifters for Switch. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, baby, for Switch. Batu to Batu for PC. Until September for PC and Mac. Paddle Combat for PC. <laughs> Doom and Destiny Worlds for PC. Wow. The SEO on that one must be great. Uh, Journey of the Broken Circle for PC. And then Saboteur S. IO for Switch. Uh, and then we have one new date for you. Bloober Team has announced Observer System Redux as an Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 launch day title. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. You've probably heard us talk about Quip a million times, but this is something brand new that rewards you and your mouth. The Quip smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. With that, you can track when and how well you brush, get tips and coaching to improve your habits, earn points for daily brushing, and bonus points for completing challenges like streaks, and redeem for rewards like free products, gift cards, and discounts from Quip and their partners. Already have Quip? Upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love like the sensitive sonic vibrations and the two-minute timer with 30-second pulses for a guided clean. Beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine, floss that expands to clean, and comes in a refillable dispenser to reduce waste. And an eco-friendly solar battery charger to power your Quip with sunshine. Join over 5 million miles to use Quip and save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth uh, brushes when you get a, a Quip smart brush for just $45. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com slash games right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Quip, better oral health, made simple and rewarding. We're also brought to you by Upstart. During these economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still looking, if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, uh, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply, though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. 
Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people will get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry up to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Uh, your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Lastly, we're brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails while they're describing my life, uh, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal, just like I do on almost a daily basis. Uh, DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite re- local restaurants are still open for delivery just open in the doordash app select your favorite local restaurant and your food we left at your door doordash deliveries are now contactless to keep the communities that they operate in safe right now our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code games that's five dollars off your and zero delivery fees on your first order uh, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES. Don't forget, that's code GAMES for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Tim. Question, Bless. I have a question for the people that are watching live right now on twitch.tv slash games or later on <laughs> youtube.com slash games. Let me know in the comments. I own Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 Remake digitally on my PlayStation 4. It is tied to my PSN account. When the PlayStation 5 comes out, am I going to be able to just download the game and play it? I know that they came out and said 99% of PS4 4 games are going to be playable. Let's imagine that Tony Hawk is one of them. I was yeah, downloading the digital game, right? And my save yeah. will be there. That'll work. I mean... Hope, fingers crossed, your save will be there. I imagine, yeah, like your save will be there. Okay. I think through backwards compatibility, I think it is just you're downloading the thing from the digital store, and okay. it's going to be there. And maybe it's boosted. Who knows? Can't can't forget the boosting. Can't forget it, the boost. Mark okay. Cerny okay. stressed the boosting, and so maybe that thing is going to be running at 120 FPS, and you're going to be doing the cleanest kick flips of all time. Charles, also kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if I'm missing anything on that, right? Like, you can't just download your games digitally on next gen. That's the assumption that we're making. Uh, Charles Jacobson writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, Greetings, KFGD crew. Bluepoint will soon be done with Demon Souls. Uh, and looking back at what they've shifted to, remakes, more specifically Japan Studio remakes, what do you see as potential options after this? Personally, I would love Folklore getting a chance at success, as I think it's very special, but the six axes didn't work all that well and the localization was very rough with the dual sense they could change the six axis parts and make the game feel a lot better other ideas would be jean dark rogue galaxy or siren i charles jacobson i find it really interesting that you're going to uh, japan studio games for yeah. 
Blue Points remakes, but I guess that aligns with Shadow Colossus and then Demon Souls, both published by, or I guess developed by Japan Studio, or co-developed by Japan Studio. Um, this is an interesting question. It is. I, I was scrolling down the Wikipedia of Japan mm-hmm. Studio, and one game specifically jumped out at me. And I don't think I don't think they would do it, but if they did it, I would leap with joy. That game, Dark Cloud. I knew it. I knew you were going to say Dark Cloud. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't even realize that that came out of Japan Studio. Like that was that was developed by I believe Level Five, but mm-hmm. I guess Japan Studio must have like either co-developed or published it or did whatever um, mm-hmm. to get it published under Sony Interactive Entertainment. I would love that. I would freak out if they ever announced that. And like that doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like a big enough game in terms of no. how many people like are f- fans of Dark Cloud. And also like for what the game is, the, the style of it doesn't seem like it would benefit from a Blue Point type of remaster or remake. That said, oh man, I would still freak out nonetheless. Looking at their list here, the obvious answer is Knack. But Oh yeah. No. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I don't see another Japan Studio game being remade. If one did, it'd be Legend of Dragoon. But I oh, think yeah. I, Legend of Dragoon, and God, I'm going to get crucified for this, but Legend of Dragoon remake to me feels like we're getting to the medieval category of remake, where it's like there, there's not going to be the same expectations that are being held to some of these bigger titles. Even Shadow of the Colossus uh, is like a bigger title um, than that. And like that's a fairly niche type of game, critically loved, but not like the most mainstream appeal thing. Uh, and when you look at Demon Souls, it's very clear that's like, a, okay, there's a hardcore group of Souls fans, right? Oh, that yeah. they're, they're marketing that game to, in addition to now, you know, Souls games kind of have broke into being a mainstream genre that it coming out as a PlayStation 5 launch title, I think is, all of that is a statement about where games are at in 2020. Uh, but Legend of Dragoon, I think, is it's a couple steps down. I'm gonna that. throw I'm gonna throw one that I think is more likely than both the games you just mentioned, even though I don't think it's that likely um either way. Eco. I think Eco would make an amazing remake. That game it is would. a secret secret masterpiece. Um I would I would say more people should play Eco, but it's kind of hard to play Eco uh, on modern consoles. I don't even think it's possible. It might be on PlayStation now, but I'm not positive. Uh but yeah, like Eco would benefit greatly from from a remake in the same way that Shadow of Colossus did. Um and you know, that could align in a, some way where they put out the team eco trilogy with eco shadow colossus and last guardian um and maybe like remaster last guardian and like fix some of the controls and stuff like that could make for a really great package i don't think they would do it though mm-hmm. that's almost that's that that's just niche enough to where it just wouldn't i don't think it'd be worth it for them but i'd love it i got a question here from aj shank who writes in and says hey there kfgd Leading up to the PlayStation 5 showcase on Wednesday, there were a lot of questions about what was going to be their launch lineup for Sony this fall uh, with the release of a new console, but now we know. We have Astro's Playroom, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Demon's Souls, Sackboy A Big Adventure, and Destruction All-Stars. SIE's global head of marketing, Eric Lempel, said back in August when referring to the launch lineup that it would be, quote, the best lineup that we've seen in the history of PlayStation. And now that the dust has settled, I wonder if you all agree. Tim. Is the current PlayStation launch lineup the greatest launch lineup we've seen from PlayStation? Without a doubt. And I, I think that we are all spoiled as gamers to the point that we're watching these conferences this year and w- walking away like, 
oh, that was an okay conference. When we look at the actual announcements, pound for pound games being announced on the Sony conferences specifically, compare it to any other Sony conference. And it's like, no way, man. We got like the entire library of first party titles with announced sequels or follow-ups, right? The launch is a total example of that. We're getting Demon Souls and Miles Morales alone, I think, put it in a category of its own. Launch lineups are typically more third-party based, and the the first-party exclusives are not of major consequence. The fact that we're getting a Spider-Man game and a fan-requested remake for years in the form of Demon Souls, like that that destroys anything from PS3, destroys anything from PS4. Like PS4, we got Killzone Shadowfall, right? Which yes, yeah, I think is less impactful than. I mean, nobody talk, nobody talks about Killzone Shadowfall. Like we can we can we can say that is it doesn't stack up to Demon Souls or Spider Man Spider Man Miles Morales, which you imagine people are going to talk about throughout the generation in a way that Killzone Shadowfall and even Infamous Second Son, you know, that came out launch window ish. Um, but that's like, the people thing. Don't, like that's... people don't talk about those games the same way. They don't. And I mean, you know, with with uh, infamous second son, like, let's let's see when we're at would that come out in March. Something like that. Yeah. Of the following year. Let's talk then when we're at PS5 when we actually know when Ratchet comes out and when these other games come out. Right. Yes. Like like PS5 is about to be ridiculous in its first couple months. And look, we're we're, the games we're talking about are just first party. Like we're also getting cyberpunk the week after we're also getting assassin's creed we're also getting all these things that i feel all those are the games that have bolstered like the ps4's launch the ps3's launch so yeah looking at each one it's like this is it's definitely better than ps2 playing fantavision and smugglers run yeah and like for eric lampel's uh quote right like i don't even know i don't know the exact context of the quote like aj uh frames the question as if he's talking about launch lineup specifically but i wouldn't be surprised if he's just referring to the lineup they have in general for the launch window going into the launch year or i guess 2021 if you look at all the games we have announced for playstation right now just 2020 2021 i find it difficult for any lineup like first year lineup to rival that because yeah you mentioned Which? miles morales you mentioned ratchet you mentioned demon souls god of war uh horizon forbidden west like add that on there and i'm sure there's plenty that i'm missing like i the the only other and I I don't want to go back, you know, like and compare every single other console's launch lineup because that'll take a while. But like well, for me, when I think of a launch year like that, I think of Switch's first year. And I think honestly, looking at it right now, it's comparable, right? Breath of the Wild, Super Mario insane. Odyssey, Splatoon 2, and all the stuff they had going on there. Compare that to PlayStation next this next year. Yeah, it's comparable. God of it War, is. Horizon, Spider-Man. Like, dude, it's crazy right now. Yeah, it, it is absolutely crazy, and that's just what we know. That's not even including yeah. all the other things that we don't know. And it's also, again, not including third-party titles, of which there's about to be a ton of them, both at the end of this year and next year. It's And that's something that Switch didn't have. Like, Switch did not have killer third-party exclusive titles. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't even need to be exclusive, just killer titles in 2017. Usually this is where we'd go to squat up, but we didn't have any squat ups today. And so we're going directly to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for people watching and listening later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, and uh, Kebabs write in, wrote in immediately and said, yes, Second Son did indeed come out in March. And so you got that right on the money. Lodopone says, PS4 also had Resogun and Knack at launch. Resogun, great. Knack, I don't think was stand. I mean, I guess Knack is what you compare to Sackboy's, Advent- 
or sack was uh, yeah. adventure or after playroom which we, both we have to go one for one here yeah it's like there's there's no shade being thrown there but it's just like cool like there are there are certain things you need to check off on a launch lineup list and that's that's where that lies for ps4 ps5 kebab said eco is available on ps now so thank you for that uh, I did ask for the PS4 clarification, and I'm looking for people who wrote in about that. Uh, Lower Pone says, all PS4 games getting certified since July have to run on PS5. Also, you can transfer PS4 games to PS5 via external hard drive. Oh, that's not really what we're asking. We're asking if you can download from like the store. Which, Which you have... mean, based on what he's saying, it implies you can. Yeah. Uh... It's exciting. Let's see here. Zach says, just a small thing, Wild was being published by Sony, not Ubisoft. I always get that mixed up because it's oh, it's like a weird situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or maybe I just have that mixed up in general. I don't know. Because <laughs> I always view Wild as a Ubisoft game, but I do, whenever people correct me on that, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it is, it was published by Sony or it was being published by Sony, but developed by, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay, it's a Wild Sheep Studio game, and it's published by SIE, is what the nanobiologist is telling me. Hmm. So thank you for that. Uh, And then Kebab says, Immortals Phoenix Rising is plural. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Cool. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the hosts for next week on the show go like this. On Monday, it's me and Tim. Tuesday, it's me and Imran. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary Widow. Thursday, it's Greg and Tim. And then Friday, it is Greg and me and of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live or actually not if you're watching live uh if you're watching later on patreon uh, we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>